0: Listen, listen. no disrespect, but maybe maybe I'm not the guy you should be talking to. Oh, no, you are exactly the guy I want to talk to. Now, I want you to
1: look at the ticker, and you
0: tell me, what is the going rate for a New York City hostage today? You think a million dollars is too much? I do. I think it's corny. Now, get your calculator out. You got one? Uh... You have a
1: calculator. Yeah, we got one. I got one. Okay, good. Add this up. You got 526000 three hundred and fifteen dollars and seventy nine cents that's five two six three one five point seven nine now times that by nineteen what do you got what was he a goddamn accountant that's ten million what do you got that comes out to ten million plus one cent oh that is a deal now you call the mayor and you tell him the price
0: and then you tell him i wanted one hundred thousand one hundred dollar bills you got that I got it. What about the one cent? Oh, you keep that one cent. It's your broker fee.
1: You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake.
0: Or sometimes films with similar concepts because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, um, yeah, let's get to it.
1: And we're back uh, uh, after after taking a long trip uh, on a plane, well, short, I guess, in this case, we took a, a short trip on a train, and uh, my passenger, as always, Michael Denison, how are you, sir?
0: I'm, I'm pretty good. I uh, I hope things go better uh, than the <laughs> the participants of this film, as far as that that short trip that I guess gets uncomfortable, held at gunpoint for a little bit.
1: Sure. I mean, as long as you're not the motorman, you, you might be okay. You know, I, I think in both movies... Um, I
0: I would uh the only one that I think probably deserves to get shot is the girl in the remake version on the laptop that is demanding her boyfriend who's being held at gunpoint <laughs> trying to whisper
1: say I love you back. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me just just say yes or something that's shorter than yeah. Good yeah. lord. Yeah. Um yeah, so we're here to talk about the taking of now you say Pelham? I'm yeah. I say Pelham. Pelham. Pelham? Yeah. Pelham one two three. Pelham, whatever. Uh, yeah tomato uh, tomato sure but uh yeah take it up tell one two three um uh the, the, that's the title for both movies which are uh based on a 1973 novel uh i think it was the uh original version directed by joseph Sargent. uh this one stars walter Matthau, uh so he returns here to original remake we've also done, uh bad news bears and after watching this one, I think he likes to be in movies that are pretty racist. Um, but <laughs> anyway, he plays Walter, uh, well, or see not Walter, but Zachary uh, Garber, um, who is a lieutenant uh, that works for the is it MTA or something? Uh, the yeah, the MTA. I don't know the
0: cops, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he is going to be the guy who negotiates over the phone. Uh, with your uh, Robert Shaw, who plays Bernard Ryder, you know, A.K.A. Mister Blue, he's the one who is kind of running this little um this this heist, uh, I guess you can call it, where uh him and three other men uh take take uh, the uh, the train, the Pelham One Two Three here, and take some some um yeah, innocent citizens hostage while they demand one million dollars. You know, cue the uh, the laughter from Austin Powers. <laughs> 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 one million, I'm just like, really, even in '73 or '74, I guess, eh, one million was quite a bit then. And um, you know, it's just a little back and forth, really. It, you know, it's kind of like, uh, what what is that movie? Like phone booth, you know, where it's just one area. Even I guess a, a lot of a lot of these type of movies, it, it just is focused in in one one or two settings. You know, um, Denzel was in a different one, John Q. That was at a hospital kinda of like that. So it's more of the back and forth and trying to get Mr. Blue his uh one million dollars.
0: Well it's ten million in the two thousand nine version from Tony Scott, although they do make that a plot point. I think some one of the characters at some point says why ten million or you know, why why not uh twenty, fifty? Why that number? And they they point out that that's basically the limit on what I guess the city could uh throw at them. Uh I didn't I don't know what the you know, political or legal ramifications are of going over, but uh, basically, they're knowledgeable. These criminals are knowledgeable enough to know that that's what they can reasonably ask for uh, in the city, actually meet their demands. Mm-hmm. So, here, uh, Ryder, uh, and I think we're led to believe that that's just a code name uh, here. It's just a sort of a tip of the cap to the original, uh, as opposed to having the color scheme that Reservoir Dogs would, would then steal from uh, Pelham 123. Uh, mm-hmm. This version of Ryder is played by John Travolta. And, uh, boy, see over the top, like most of the film he is, <laughs> he's got the,
1: the, how many times does he say motherfucker in this movie? He's, uh,
0: yeah, he's, he's kind of like a, uh, he reminds me of like a football player trying to amp himself up for like the big game Constantly, <laughs> except he's holding like a gun and, uh, right. yeah, he needs to maybe need to dial it down uh, a little bit, but Hey, it's a Tony Scott movie. So that's probably the style he's going for. Uh, written by uh, Brian Helglund, who I think most famously, uh, I think he won an Oscar for LA Confidential. So, And he did uh, Payback with Mel Gibson. So he does crime movies. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty good fit here. And then uh, Denzel Washington, who's a – he's becoming a regular on Original Remake, um, is our lead. He is actually Walter Garber. So I guess another tip of the cap, in this case, to Walter Matthau yep. playing Walter the part. Matthew, yeah, yeah, originally. Um, but – you get a lot of differences with the uh, the two Garber characters. The the Garber character here is uh, definitely uh, questioned more as far as if he's possibly in on the plot, and there's a, a a backstory to him that is not in the original. So, like our previous episode on the debt, uh, there's a lot more details that are added into the remake, uh, not just mm-hmm. them changing the the, the numbers uh, to actual numerals as far as spelling them out. So. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit and I'll start with my history. I, I had not seen the original until this week when we were uh, getting ready to do this podcast, but I had seen the remake. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it on video when it came mm-hmm. out, but it was, it was still fairly new. It was probably within the same year. Well, what about yourself?
1: Same. You know, I, um, I knew it was a, a remake. I didn't know who was in it and uh, you know, the, the original was uh this was the first time i saw it you know was for this podcast i also had seen the remake uh not in theater but again it's probably one of those things i got via netflix uh, you know before my youngest who is now 5 before he was born I used to have the you know the three DVDs from Netflix, and I'd always have it set up just right so that way, yeah. yeah, every day it was a new movie. So you know, if I go pre twenty th- twelve, there was so many movies that um, you know I got to see uh, before. So I easily could have been like a, a podcaster who's actually doing like straight up new home release uh, movies. But I have a side question for you. Yeah, do because I've I've been offered like <laughs>
0: Netflix every few months or something, they will send me like, Hey, why don't you restart your DVD plan? Like just one of those emails or we'll give you a free month or whatever. And I always consider it. Cause I'm like, well, there's some weird movies. You know, we cover on original remake. If I can get the older copies, that would be nice as opposed to just right. doing a, you know, a digital rental or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, when I do, I start to, you know, I Google around and I'm seeing like, you know, are there people that still do this? And the main criticism I see of the service now is, uh, well, one is that they don't keep as much stock. So a lot of those older movies, there's a long wait for stuff if it's something that's mm-hmm. not a newer film that they buy a lot of copies of. But two, they said that they really throttle people. You know, a lot like how uh, your cell phone company, like Verizon or AT&T, is accused of throttling your data if you have one of those unlimited plans. You can go over. They uh, the main accusation is that Netflix now doesn't send one back as quickly as they receive it to keep people from doing what you did and what I did when I had the DVD plan, which was constantly turned over discs. Hmm. Interesting.
1: I have not heard about that. Uh, I am a letter carrier and I am still, you know, picking up many of the Netflix. Uh, so you're not uh, part of the vast the conspiracy
0: mail. that's being accused of by the internet mm-hmm. of, of no. holding off and getting that red envelope out to the, out to the people.
1: No, that'd be a delay of mail, sir, and I can get in trouble for such <laughs> uh, such an act there. <laughs> you know what? I
0: might do it. I might just for this podcast, you know, our listeners. I think I, I might try it. I might try a free month again and see how fast I can crank them because I'm just curious. I just want to see if it's still possible to to relive the glory days of a Netflix DVD. That,
1: that would be interesting. I wonder if it's something where we can like share an account but have two addresses. You know, may, maybe I can You know like, hey. You know, send one of my co-hosts too. <laughs> I feel like and, if um, we try
0: to manipulate the system uh there, uh we would end up screwing it up somehow. And you'd be probably. like what is this weird shit that I didn't order this? And that would be whatever I asked for, which is I don't know, probably like a Patrick Swayze movie or something. Next of kin is <laughs> it would probably get sent to you.
1: <laughs> I've heard of that one actually. I think I feel like the poster has him with a gun and he's like looking down or something. I that for some it's, weird reason it's, that it's visual about, comes uh, to mind. Uh,
0: kentucky kentucky boys going up against the mafia so that what? would that would definitely yeah. be from my end coming to uh portland but anyway we're not talking about that we're talking about uh, these two uh i guess classic action films because i i do yeah. believe mine was a hit when it came out um and of course uh obviously it was well enough well-known enough title from the 70s to be remade by tony scott
1: yeah, and uh, I just wanted to kind of just jump in with some uh, shameless plugs real quick. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned c- kind of at the top of the show that uh, Denzel's become a bit of a regular. But, you know, we've definitely been doing some Denzel movies. We did uh, The Preacher's Wife, you mm-hmm. know, in, in December. Uh, and I actually covered The Hurricane, you know, with Denzel Washington um, just a few weeks ago on my show, Postalgic And yet again, here, here he is. Um, I feel like, is there another denzel movie we covered on the show i feel like this might be like his third or maybe it's just third movie for me i don't
0: know. I have to look that up i I know that i've plugged him in our uh remakes we do in our at the end of the show as far as future uh future castings if they were going to do it again um, Can't do it if he keeps showing up <laughs> But I <laughs> you know, mean, fairies. Main Train Candidate Was just a few episodes oh, back there you go. So within the That's same, the one. almost a month's time We've had three Denzel movies Actual real Denzel movies And then I make some new ones up So yeah, he's yeah. he's pretty much a regular
1: So I can say that yeah I've seen four Denzel movies In the last uh, two months Or I guess three months now And it's funny because I have done an episode On my other show, we got five Called you know Top Five Denzel Movies And, and um, d- uh, Preacher's Wife no, uh, bishop well uh, yeah preacher's wife and uh, cheering candidate and um, and this one these three I hadn't seen uh, well take them tell one two three I have seen but the other well I guess Manchurian candidate too I hadn't seen them um, uh, recent enough you know that uh, they had made the list or any honorable mentions. but uh I, you know now watching them they're, they're actually all pretty decent movies with Exception of uh, Preacher's Wife. That wasn't, it was okay. It was okay. But um, (laughs) that's it. That's my shameless plug. And sorry I wasted uh, maybe about three minutes of your guys' life. But uh, yeah, let's get to the story here. Um, Let's let's, waste about 30 minutes of our life. That's what we do (laughs)
0: on a regular basis.
1: (laughs) You guys chose to hit play, and we thank you for that. Um, You know, I'm just going to come out uh, and say it. Like, I kind of did like the original. Not a big fan of the Walter Matthaus character, honestly. You know, I, I So you like the I movie, like, just not that version of the character. I do. You know, and yeah, what I actually like uh, about the original also is, you know, the the bad guys. You know, they uh I like there's a little bit of tension uh between, you know, these uh these two you know, I, I honestly I wasn't keep, keeping track of their names. Um I was actually Watching this while we had guests over and I had earbuds in you know, I felt kind of bad about that and so But I do like the tension uh, between the two because one is basically The boss writer and then you got the the other guy who's like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not really gonna listen to you Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you can't command me, you know, and so uh, I I do like that play uh, between them but in the remake I like I like what they did with you know Denzel Denzel's character here Walter I, I like that he's just a, a regular guy and we get that backstory of um, you know may, maybe there's a little bit of shadiness to his character allegedly you know he had taken a bribe and so when he talks to Travolta's uh, writer you know um, that back and forth it, he becomes a guy that writer is like you know what I think you're you're good people you know I can. I can trust you. You, you, you know, they did their Googles and they see that, uh, he could be, he's not an honest man and that, um, he's someone that he can trust and, and not uh, a police officer or somebody that just works for the, uh, the, the subway station.
0: Well, they're, they're both, uh, guys, uh, that are up against the man in some way. They feel like they were, yeah, they're being screwed over. And in the Denzel case, there's a really cool scene where, um, Travolta's writers demanding, basically demanding that he admit that he did it after uh, Denzel's Garber's denying, no, that's what I've been accused of. Doesn't mean that it actually happened, and he admits that uh, yes, he took a bribe to recommend a train from one uh, from a Tokyo group uh, that uh, he would have recommended anyway. So it's like sort of a you know uh, harmless crime in a way. Like if that was going to happen. At the very least, he used it to pay for his kids' college education. Um, I did, I, I don't, as I said, I only saw the the remake, uh, before this podcast. And so, um, I did like, and I don't know, maybe if they were super fans, maybe they hated the fact that there was a remake of Pelham 123. But, uh, you know, even the Tokyo group, that backstory, there's a Tokyo group in the original that he's, that doesn't really add anything to the plot, but he's just, before he's made aware of the crime, that Garber is just sort of showing him around, saying, here's how we do things, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I, I sort of liked all those little nods to the original uh, after, I guess, after fact, once I finally got in on the joke. But to go back to what you were saying, I do agree with you. Like, I find Travolta funny here, but he's so over the top that it makes the movie just a little too ridiculous at times, whenever he's just ranting and raving. And I get it, like he's, you know, the reveal later on is that he was some sort of Wall Street, like, white crime guy. And so he went to prison and now he's coming out and he's representing himself as some sort of, like, you know, lunatic with a gun. A guy who's, like, grown up, like, constantly, like, you know, robbing, thieving, he's got tattoos, like, the shaved head. And I like that there's the idea that there that that's just a part he's playing. Now, just to throw them off the track, because his his old plot is to to defraud um, you know, Wall Street and the government, basically, by shorting uh, there because of the supposed terrorist act he's on. That's all cool that they add those details. Um, but as far as hanging out with the criminals, I much prefer uh, Mr. Blue, Mr. Brown and mm-hmm. Green, whatever their names are, who you know, we don't really know much about. You know, There's no big plot. They're just they're just there for the money that there's gonna be handed to them. They're, they're ransom demand. And that's it. There's no other thing. I mean, they're even like just stuffing bundles of cash in their coats and their you know clothes. It's just very simple. Simple. But um this is one of those times where I'm like, I kinda wish that you had the Denzel version of the character and then you and the original version of the armed robbers and combine the two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree. Um back to what you're saying about the the whole you know the the japanese guys i i, I after watching this one i got to blame walter matthew you know i i think he <laughs> he might be a racist you know he i i feel the japanese men were brought in there just so he can call them monkeys you know uh it's um it was kind of shocking. I was like, cause, cause, uh, Well, there's when I an N word that's dropped uh, fairly in carelessly in the original. Yeah, uh, well, the first, the first oh, yeah, black yeah. man
0: that they've seen, they have seen, That's just how the they.
1: Vietnam, the Vietnam vet. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's which also felt it, like the
0: remakes were touched upon, uh, where you have. The airborne uh, guy? Yeah, you have a woman saying, like, you know, are you going to do something to this this black guy? And he's like, why? Because I look like a tough, like, scary black dude? You know, why, why me? And mm-hmm. then it's flipped, and she's like, she knows this is his ring. And she's like, you yeah, know, my husband had one of those. So it's like, oh, I'm, the military connection is why I'm saying you can handle yourself. Uh, I I liked it. As I said, I didn't get necessarily that those were not as the original. Um, the only thing I'll say in defense of Walter Matthau, not <laughs> any of that, the... The, what the screenplay includes is that um, they're definitely, they don't have any sort of backstory to him as far as that he would be in on it. Um, he comes across as just really an average guy doing his job that just seems agitated that this is happening at his day at work. Like it's more comedic. And I, maybe that's just my reading of like a oh, Walter Matthau. He's in comedies, mm-hmm. but you know, he, when he has these problems with his boss, it's more like a, uh, you know, upper management getting in his way, and he's just like, he gets to, if you have any fancies of like, you know, putting your, I guess, boss in place, that happens in the original. Now in the the remake, there is that dynamic, but it's far more serious because the boss there uh, sort of believes that Denzel has taken this money and is about to be fired. Like, you know, he's already sort of been demoted in a way. Uh, so it doesn't have that same comedic aspect to it. And I think I did like that in the original more. But yeah, I'm definitely definitely not going to truck with the the racist language, uh, and I also much prefer that that character Garber has that backstory in the the new one. But you can you can lose the backstory in the of the criminals. I don't really care what Travolta's backstory is. Really, if he was just like Mister Blue, just robbing the thing, that would also be fine with me.
1: Yeah, th- this is a really weird one because they're both different enough. You know that it's really hard to. Uh, kind of hard to choose because um, you know, I I think we're uh, we we got some agreements here that uh, I do like the the bad guys in the original better, but uh, almost everything else about the remake is um, uh, I I found more enjoyable. Uh, some of the I stuff feel is like forced. Walter- I thought yeah.
0: the, the car crashes were a little intense in the remake. The way they oh, shot it, them, yeah, it's like you just shot it that way so you could put like more action in the trailer Most motorcycles. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, cause it happens almost, in the original, but it's just more of a simple, Hey, someone runs out in the street and the car flips and then they immediately grab the money and keep
1: going. And I, I feel like the rebate, the way it was shot, it almost fooled me. I almost felt like the motorcyclists, you know, the, uh, the police, I thought they were in on it too. Like, yeah. I thought maybe they were uh, also part of the bad guys and they were going to steal the money. And so I think that this is where, like, maybe had I watched the original first, I would have figured that out. And um, I got a little confused a little bit. But Walter Matthau, I think he's just going to grow up to be like a grumpy old man. You know, that's just the way he comes off to me. He looked old forever.
0: I mean, this is is like 20 years before Grumpy Old Men. He almost looks the same. I was like, good God.
1: Taking it back to Mentoring Candidate, where I'm just all like, wow, Angela Lansbury looks (laughs) the same age, even though she was like 35 in the movie. Um, Let's talk a little yeah. bit about the
0: uh, the mayors here because I much prefer James Gandolfini, and I felt like they took the traits that I liked about the Walter Mathau character and put them on the new version of the mayor because the way we're introduced to Gandolfini in the 2009 version is – I think his first line is like, I've got like eight more months of this shit and now I don't have to deal with anything. I'm not running for re-election. I'm getting out of politics. Like basically he's a man who hates his job and hates his life and like just wants to be free of it all. And I like that because usually in these type of situations you're introduced to some sort of politician who's going to use this you know, this terrorist plot to like further their career or to like show strength. And you have all these characters saying like, this would be a good political move. And he's like, I don't care. I just want this to be over. I really dug that. I like that. And there's a little bit of humor with the mayor in the original, but I much prefer the remake version with that aspect of the character.
1: I did too, and I thought that it was funny that the relationship with him and his, uh, I don't know, his right-hand man, you know, that, that guy who comes to, you know, get him off the, off the train. Now I'm on the West Coast, um, so I don't know anything about the East Coast, so maybe my, uh, East Coasters or New York, uh, New, New Yorkers, you know, can uh, tell me, but it was Jen, James Gandolfini. Is he supposed to kind of be like the, you know, the, the Christie guy, you know, over there?
0: Uh, I mean, certainly in stature, but you know anything. (laughs) Christie was, I mean, nothing if not someone who tried to grab on to power. I mean, he was someone that had presidential aspirations. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know who his uh, who his stand-in would be because I feel like most of the New York politicians, even when they get caught in a scandal like the Anthony Weiner guy. Wiener, uh, yeah. uh I feel like no matter what, they still try to get back into things. So maybe this mm. was like a, a fantasy version from New Yorkers that they just wish that a guy would be like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> you hate me, and, and so the, I'm going to get out of here.
1: And that's why there was like a comment from like a, like a dude on the train too. He's like, oh, hey, I th- <laughs> you know, maybe you're not an asshole after all or something like that. He's we're going to feel... make all the stops. You know, the subway yeah. special will still yeah. make <laughs> all the stops. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, I, I like how... Um, that there is a John Turturro character, you know, he's a he's an actual negotiator. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's not great, and it's kind of hard because I keep thinking like John Turturro. Oh, he's in Adam Sandler movies. Like that, I feel like the last serious movie I saw him was probably Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Like I don't know. Well, I mean, even Transformers, he's like amped up. Like I, he's playing I don't the John Travolta the last...
0: from this in Transformers. He's just over the okay. top and ridiculous. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um So I do like that they kind of separate the two you know Walter uh, Garber Denzel's character here he is just an average guy and I really I, I don't know if it's credit to Denzel's acting but I feel like maybe uh, De, um, uh, John Travolta had an actual script and Denzel was supposed to just riff off of everything he's saying Mm -hmm. because he really comes off as a guy who's he is not a negotiator he is he doesn't even really um he's not doing his actual job he's kind of like temporarily demoted while they are investigating this bribe allegation and uh i I like that better you know Uh, you you would think with all these different characters it might be a little um you know congested i guess uh, one could say but walter Matthau his character is just so like uh, kind of like what you said you know like he's just ready to get out of this job but it's it's almost like it's an everyday thing and perhaps it is in new york i don't know you know i don't take i don't take the the, the subway and um i just didn't like how i don't know is it more of a comedy i still don't quite understand the tone it feels that way, I, but yet again i don't know if, yeah is that what we
0: you know if you watched this in 74 would you not have seen it that way but Uh, like we're talking about i just have grumpy old man in my head so i'm just like i'm seeing every one of his sort of line readings as something kind of funny or goofy um i i don't yeah the the
1: language the language comes a little bit later on so i'm like oh so i guess this is an r movie because you know they started dropping f-bombs and also i mean the racial uh, slurs you can find in a pg movie but i think there was too many f-bombs for it to be pg so i i hey, really bro. had 2009 a hard time version tops that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One scene. <laughs> yeah i mean the first ep- you, you got it motherfucker that's an automatic <laughs> r um uh but yeah i just I, I think i was struggling with the movie tonally in the original like i like the the little i is it a, a i guess not a twist but a reveal i like the reveal at the end you know it is different from um the remake the remake actually I was a little underwhelmed with the ending of that one uh, I think the movie was great up until like the last 10 minutes
0: Yeah I think the um I still for as much as they've planned here uh, in the newer version the the Travolta rider I get the sense that uh the other guys that were in on this with him had no idea about the stock shit that he was doing that that was his right. score and he didn't really care about you know the actual sort of like ransom money that they had um but you know was he he still doesn't seem to be in that bigger or, or that nervous about him getting out of the city cuz I, I was still wondering like you're going to have to get, catch a cab uh, you know that they've now seen you, uh, they've seen your face, even though that wasn't part of their initial plan, they do find eventually this laptop that I mentioned at the top that this guy was streaming to. And just point out there's, I don't know what sort of fucking battery life this kid has <laughs> where it's running live streaming video footage. Like Scott, that just would not happen. Um, it's a brand
1: new laptop. Yeah. You
0: know. <laughs> uh, 2009. that Yeah. That's not happening, especially in the fucking subway. I <laughs> did not, did not get that. Um, but yeah, Travolta's plan is like, you know, he's laughing when he sees that. And so even though I had seen this before, I, I remembered his death, but I was thinking like, oh, he's got a daughter or he's got someone he's leaving this money to in some sort of account. And it's like, you know, in the, the Cayman. And so he's one, cause he's laughing in that taxi as they pull away. And I'm thinking, dude, you still got to get out of the city. You got to get on a plane. They know your face now. Why are you, you would think that the plan's kind of shot, um, I, in that regard, I like the original in the sense that because the crime is just much more simple and it's just what money they can grab. Um But the the problem is the one person that gets away in the original is the one that they're like, okay, so someone had to drive this thing. Who is it? And they just go down the list and they're like, all right, these are people that had were fired or had disputes with the MTA. So we're going to go knocking on doors. I will say this about both. endings. I think both endings were kind of underwhelming in that regard, as far as what the the criminal's plan was to get away with the money, mm-hmm. but I like the last two shots quite a bit of both of them. They're very different, but in the original, um, the guy reveals himself by sneezing, and Walter Matthau. I mean, you can't take it as anything but comedic. Just sort of leans back in the door as like, "I've got you." I remember talking to someone that just constantly was sneezing. He said, "Gazuna" mm-hmm. to him, right? Very funny ending, kind of like, "Oh, cool, the good guys win," I guess. And I don't necessarily like the conversation with Denzel and Travolta on the bridge. I mean, it's, you know, I guess it's dramatic as far as he has to be the one to shoot him. And Travolta seems cool with that. Like, he doesn't want to be shot by one of the cops. But as you said, this guy that he has some respect for is like mm-hmm. another guy that's been screwed over by the system. But I do like the last shot of Denzel coming home with a gallon of milk because that's something that some you know half hour earlier his uh, wife or girlfriend or whoever uh, asked him to uh to bring home basically was saying like you better not get yourself hurt you know i'm cool right you're doing your job but you're coming home with a gallon of milk <laughs> and there's that weird debate between the two where he's like a gallon really not a half gallon I-, I like those little small details and so both of them have kind of a cutesy kind of funny ending um my main issue is that you know what what were the criminals gonna do and i guess i give that to the original because we don't really know what mr blue's plan was he seemed to be the smartest one so, maybe if he had gotten away, he would have had something better. He would have gotten free. But, uh, no. Instead, he decides to off himself and on the subway by taking the electric chair in a way. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Uh, Did you like that Peter? <laughs> Well,
1: uh, no. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I would have issues with him? the original. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd watch the original again. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was still a good watch. But, um, I don't know. I just, I didn't like, uh,. The uh, Lieutenant Garber, you know, his character is you just – You know what we're struggling with here? What is it? You mentioned all these uh, – the, the remakes with
0: Denzel. So uh, it now seems like Denzel um, is just one for three in the last month on episodes where the original actually worked. I think only the preacher's wife – you really, or no, the bishop's wife really liked,
1: correct? Uh, I wouldn't say really liked, No. I, okay, I, 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 I did not like Denzel's uh, um, But you like the original film I did, oh yeah But yeah, Venture and
0: Candid And now uh, Pelham 1, 2, 3 The originals have not done it for you
1: No No Is Denzel uh, doing some good
0: in the world then? But <laughs> by giving you a better version Of these movies
1: Hmm well, I definitely liked him in this one uh, better than than Walter Matthau. Did you like movie? Candidate.
0: the new uh, Pelham?
1: Did you enjoy that? I one? did. Okay. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I do like you know Tony Scott and his style. I mean, some of the stuff were cheesy. Like we keep talking about, Travolta is uh, really you know he's just really a- animated in this movie. Uh, the kid in the subway, I get it. You know, it's it, it's a little less boring than just seeing people's faces all the time. And that's where I think I got to give it to the original because of the um, the hostages. And I liked how they incorporated like a Spanish speaking uh, character. You know, uh, um, they, they I think there's a guy that had to keep like translating for her. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime there was dialogue mentioned, and we didn't get that with the with the remake. And I know New York is super diverse, and so it was just. You know, I know they had people of color, but there was there was no other languages except for like the the two uh, bad guys who didn't really speak. You know, they just walked around with guns. Um, just trying to think, well, what else uh, is there to compare to? Uh, I I do like that little bit of the, um, you know, the, the talk with his wife. I think that is his wife because, you know, the. The conversation between Garber and Ryder, you know, they keep talking about marriage and religion and all this stuff. You know, it's her, it's his, it's Denzel's promise to his wife that, hey, I'm coming back. You know, I'm going bring you milk. You know, I'm, I'll do that for you. But yeah, I just, uh, I, I like the remake better. I'd watch that one again. Um, not anytime soon, but I watch it again.
0: It did make me um, consider because I thought, having seen the Tony Scott version, I'm like, okay, that's the really you know, that's the modern, expensive summer blockbuster. And so I had it in my head that the original Pelham 123 was more like the Warriors. It was like this, like gritty, like New York crime thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's, it's kind of like that when you're on the subway with the criminals. Like you said, I like the dynamic between them that there's a little bit more argument with the sort of the one crazy one uh, that won't like take orders. Um, but, Having seen it now, it does make me question. I'm like, why was this? Why was this a movie that I was aware of? I didn't keep in mind, I didn't watch it, but I always had it in my head, like, oh, that's a classic '70s action movie. And having seen it, and as I mentioned, Reservoir Dogs, and like the the naming mm-hmm. scheme and all these sort of influences that's had, uh, I was, I have to say, I was probably greatly underwhelmed. I don't think I'll ever watch the original again.
1: Yeah, see, and that's that, that's where I'm at too. And you just reminded me, like, one of our um, concepts when we first started was these three questions. I don't see why this was remade, you know. Like, I, I don't I think mean, anybody I appreciate was
0: like, that it was because I liked the newer one.
1: Yes, yes, I gotta agree with you there. But I don't think anybody was sitting there like, "Oh, this is so good." I, I, I gotta do a better twist on it because, I mean, and you know what? Maybe it's the book. Maybe, maybe, maybe um, there's a little bit of a uh, influence from the book too. Like, hey, yeah, the the, the this movie was okay, but um, I, I feel I feel like it got an extremely high. Rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, though. It's 100%. The, the
0: original. It is yeah. a 100% on 35 reviews, and according to Wikipedia, several critics called it one of 1974's best films, and it was also a box office success. Mm. I don't know. To me, uh, it feels, and maybe it's just showing its age, I think you probably have seen uh cop TV show episodes that have done this many times over. A very similar yeah. thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to be the the dumb American that likes the, the newer flashier one, even though I did think that the car crashes were a little much, um, there's still a lot more character depth than the new one. Tony Scott, the, and it's, it's all pretty much on Denzel's character. Um, so that's, I'll, I'll pretty much watch Denzel Washington anything. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think this was, I'm ever going to say even the remake is like a favorite action movie of mine, but I enjoyed it when I watched it the first time I enjoyed it for this podcast. Um, but it did not, yeah, to go back to our original premise, it did not really answer the question to me why the original is so beloved, why it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I just still don't get it. I don't know. Yeah,
1: neither do I. Um, and w- one other thing that uh, I got to say about um, the the remake here, uh, I do like how with Ryder, you know, he gives them... Um, and that's that's the thing with the, both original remake, they, they have like the exact same time too, is two... 213, you know, so 313. Mm-hmm. I want my money. Um, I think there's a little bit more emphasis on the, on the time in the remake. You know, in the original, it's all like, give me 15 more minutes. You know, uh, we, we had a crash or, okay, how about 10? Give me 10 minutes. Like, I feel they've played too loosey goosey. There was really no stakes at that point. Uh, in, in the original, I feel the remake, you got the stakes. He's shooting people, you know, he's killing and he, he, um, you know, he says something. He's going to do it. You know, and I felt like it, it was too loose in in the original.
0: I mean, it does put across the idea that the Travolta version of Ryder is looking forward to killing people. I mean, that he's, that may just be a persona. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's he's been in prison. He's pretty reckless. We don't we don't know that much about the original version. I do like that it's kind of streamlined that way, but yeah, um, it's a little too basic, I guess. Just a little too um I don't know. You're not you're definitely not going to get basic. You're going to get flashy with Tony Scott version. So it's going to be bigger. And I like Tony Scott movies. Um so yeah, I'm going to go that direction. I do think this is one that could be remade though. Cuz I don't think either one of us think I mean we we're sort of down on the original. We like the remake, but uh, I still don't think the remake explained to me why this is like sort of a classic idea or story. So I right. think I think this is one we could do better. Peter, so have you, have you been thinking about recastings or a different director, or maybe even just a different time period to to put this this story in? Because both of them are um, modern. I mean, obviously, the poem yeah. one was modern for its time in the seventies.
1: Uh, I feel I feel like this could be a a slight uh, period movie. You know, maybe late eighties, you know, or something like that. Take away the technology aspect. Uh, I do like how. In both movies, they say, "Oh, they're all still on the train. There's no way they can get out because of you know the way the the, the fail safe. You know, if um if a motorman were to die or pass out or something like that, you know, the, the trains would stop." Um, I I haven't thought of a, a cast, and maybe I'll I'll try going after you. But I thought this this movie would be like an interesting phantom edit. You know, if you were to take all like the um the the Denzel stuff you know and then intercut them with with the villains from Mm -hmm. you know the original movie and I I think that'd be better because the dialogue probably isn't too different you you know you're getting rid of Walter Matthau's character and giving us Denzel more backstory and you know a guy who you know like the way Walter Matthau plays it like I I think you can kind of like predict how it's going to go you know there's I feel there's just no stakes and he just kind of plays it like even keeled or maybe i'm not using that correctly but i just like all the inside behind the scenes subway stuff or the mta stuff um uh better in the in the remake and and then the the, the bad guy stuff in the original so if we can get some kind of edit with those two movies together you know i, I think we'd I like have that. a fun movie yeah. yeah i mean we're not gonna do it but no someone no. out there
0: go ahead and i'll you know i'll watch it for <laughs> 10, 20 minutes or something, and be like, "Oh, that was pretty cool."
1: We'll review it and give you credit.
0: Yeah, I mean that. Would, you know, you're doing the work for us there, so you, you certainly <laughs> deserve an episode. We can give you that much. Um, as like we we'll have a conversation, you as a guest, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's even less we have to do. We have to talk. We talk even less when we have a guest. It's less work for us. So, yeah. Um, I have a weird one. Okay, um, because I, you know, I often like to do the uh, the gender swap thing. Because when you have something like this, uh, especially with the Travolta thing, I'm thinking like, okay, we need to dial down the masculinity or the attempt at masculinity there. Cause you were just way over the top as far as yeah. the, the language and brandishing your gun. And I don't know, just, just too loud. So I'm going with, um, I'm go with a younger thing. And I was thinking if you wanted to flip this a little bit or kind of subvert it, uh, make the, the thieves here, make them all young, <laughs> young, spoiled white kids. Like from okay. wealthy families in New York, more like the, uh, the bling ring type thing, the Sophia Coppola movie that was based on the kids like robbing, I don't remember Paris Hilton's house and stuff like kids like that, that maybe have some knowledge cause they come from wealth of how the system works. So if they're going to do the stock thing that Travolta did, uh, they're just trying to get theirs. Like they, they just want, they're just greedy. They have everything they could ask for, but they want more. Um, so my thought process was, because I always do this, it makes it easier on me. I don't like to do work like a one movie and I'm like okay this cast we're going to put them in this world. I've been doing that for I don't know at least a couple months now. So I'm going to go with the uh Oscar uh contender Ladybird and so okay. I'm going to have in my version uh we're going to have Greta Gerwig play the uh Walter Garber character. I don't know what the 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 female version name would be for 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 that. Um but she can still be Garber. Greta Garber. Now, do
1: do, do, do we, we do we want Walter or do we? Uh, let's see. What was the original? Because I know they had a he had a different first name here. It was uh, Zachary.
0: I think I'll so, go more with. Uh, well, I like I like my name of
1: <laughs> Greta Garber
0: <laughs> for Greta yeah. Gerwig. Okay, but I think she's gonna. I'm gonna lose the backstory because I think we we did that well with the Tony Scott Denzel version. And she's just going to be more your average worker because Greta Gerwig really is sort of understated. That's her humor, um, that she would just be a normal worker who just happened to have the bad luck to have to deal with these spoiled brats who are now holding people at gunpoint. And I like that idea. Uh, so we have uh, Sausha, I think I'm saying her name right, Ronan, uh, who's was uh,
1: nominated for Lady Bird and was in Brooklyn. Um, is that the one from the movie Hannah?
0: Yes. Yeah. The, oh, when she was younger. Yeah.
1: Is this like Swarsi or something like that?
0: Or she was on right? SNL and they did the, the whole opening bit was how to pronounce her name. That was the whole sketch. And oh, I still can't okay. remember. Uh, the pro, I'm going to blame SNL because they had so many. The joke was that all the other performers kept getting it wrong and they would pronounce it a different way. So I never oh, got geez. it stuck in my head how the appropriate way was, even though that's the point of the sketch. Anyway, I'm going to have her play, uh, you know, blue or Ryder here. I'm going to have her play uh the lead and the the thing is she's going to be doing her actual accent her thick irish accent mm. okay. but she's just trying to mask like the character is not irish she's just trying to mask who she is they're trying to keep you know, the themselves like from being revealed uh and her cohorts all these other spoiled rich uh white brats from new york uh, lucas hedges who's in manchester by the sea also in lady bird uh timothy chalamet who's nominated for best actor from call me by your name also in lady bird and uh, then Beanie Beanie Feldstein, uh, who's also in Lady Bird, and is very funny in it. Those are my spoiled, rich white kids of New York who take over the train to play a stock market, and poor Greta Garber has to shut them down.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um that didn't I work still for you, like the it? whole. Didn't work. Well, I I think it kind of like uh. It made me think of something else uh, in, in terms of casting, but uh, I still like the whole Phantom edit idea. But if I were to do anything, you know, I haven't done this on this show. Uh, I'm going to go with a um. my target audience is going to be younger and I'm going to pull everybody from Mean Girls. Right. We're going to have. Uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan as as your Garber, <laughs> oh. right? And then you're gonna have Rachel McAdams, uh, Amanda Seyfried. Um, How dare you, sir? I think
0: I've gone younger than you. I'm talking about actual <laughs> young people. You're you're going back ten years now, Lindsay Lohan. Well, good lord, from,
1: from that from from those movies, you know, like yeah, I, I guess it wouldn't work uh, now because that's two thousand. been at least ten years now, right? It's probably been longer than that. Was that two thousand?
0: Yeah, it's been like fourteen years.
1: 2003 was we're that old mean we're Girls? old yeah. yeah i guess we are but uh 15 <laughs> yeah the movie's been 15 years old <laughs> no now. offense
0: uh you know uh miss lohan because she's had her own struggles and problems but yeah, i doubt she, she's probably not top of the line she's probably the first one gets shot <laughs> if she's cast in a movie now rachel mcadams and mm. uh, amanda seyfried is uh they they would they would still be top of the line uh there um, all right
1: let's give me amanda uh, seyfried as the um as the lead, and then Rachel May Adams, you know, she can play the the, the villain.
0: So who's wait who's the uh, who's the uh, Garber? Garber?
1: Yeah, Amanda Seyfried. Okay, I'm so a fan. No, no Tina
0: Fey. I, I thought Tina Fey might get the. T- Tina Fey could be our mayor.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I didn't go as yeah. mayor.
1: Um, uh, Amy Poehler will uh,
0: direct. Lori <laughs> uh, Metcalf will be my mayor cuz okay. she's nominated also for lady bird. So okay, yeah, we we want all women. That's that's cool. You you tried to do a throwback to to youth and I'm like, "Peter, they're like <laughs> almost 40 now."
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to remember sometimes I'm stuck in a different, you know, uh well, timeline here. That's
0: I mean, that's your show. That, that's that's yeah. there you go. Podstalgic. You know, tell people what you do there cuz you you go back in time and when uh I do go
1: back in time. Yeah. Let's see here some some uh, more recent episodes, you, you know, uh, one of my popular ones, it, it just keeps growing and growing, but uh, That Thing You Do and Can't Buy Me Loves, both, ha- you know, have some music in it, but um, uh, uh, one is from 87, the other one's from, I think, 97, right? That Thing You Do, and both are very, very popular, and they continue to continue getting downloads. Um, so I'm going to throw those out. Howard the Duck, I recently did. Um, with, with a guest, uh, Stephen of Screen Addicts. That was a lot of fun because he actually he genuinely loves the movie. Where that is notoriously known to be like so bad it's good or so bad mm-hmm. it's bad. Yeah. Um, but he loved it. You know, he was defending it, and we had a good time there. Um, but yeah, I go back. You know, we review some movies that maybe maybe had been forgotten from our childhood, and you know, I do some new releases as uh, as well. Uh, Trains. Don't know if we've done any trains, but you know, if you like Denzel, I mentioned it earlier in the episode. I did the hurricane, uh, that one hasn't been downloaded as much, and I feel it might be one of those that not many people actually saw. Uh, but definitely, we You trying to get me on opinion. for that, and I was like, that's too depressing. I tried, it's too long, You're too like, depressing. Two and a half, and uh, I know how it ends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It it, it, is, you know, inspired by a true story. So they took some liberties in telling that story. But I I still uh, enjoy it. It is is definitely still one of my favorite Denzel movies. So uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Paul Stalgic.
0: So uh, I'm trying to think of anything train-related we're doing – I guess over on the Grand Gesture. So uh, if you want to, you can follow me on social media at Grand Gesture Pod. That looks at romantic tropes in film. I co-host with uh, Dave from Pop Culture Case Study. And we are going to do something like this show for the Clint Eastwood movie that's coming out. Uh, I think it's called The 1215 to Paris. I don't know. I get the number. Yeah.
1: So. Shout out to I, I don't remember the soldier's name, but he uh, was an Oregon guard uh, infantry there. Cool. Very um, cool. He liked a tweet of mine. I was trying to get an interview, but it didn't happen.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, you you all haven't gotten that close in your relationship, obviously. <laughs> not yet. Um so we're we're doing um we're not doing anything train related, but uh we're doing another number movie. So that's very popular here. Uh in particular with train films. Uh we're doing 13 going on 30 because Judy Greer is in the uh Judy Greer's in the Clint Eastwood movie, so she's the best friend in that one. And uh, you know, we should we should have you on for that. Sh- that you should have been the guest because that fits with the Podstalgic theme as far as someone stuck in time. There,
1: it it does. And not only that, I'm uh, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because one of the very first pairings for, and this is going way back. Uh, you know, th- this shows how long I've had an idea for this show, original uh, remake. Uh, when Thirteen Going on Thirty came out, I always wanted to do something with Big and Thirteen Going on Thirty, just because it, mm-hmm. that's exactly what sure. it is. Um, so I I hope that is going to be in our future sometime. Uh, that episode. So, yeah, I'm definitely down for that.
0: I I think we need it. You know, we we've done two uh two action movies, people getting shot. Uh, it's time to go back to our no strings attached uh, friends of benefits. Do something lighter. Yeah. Those, those were fun. So. Uh, but until then, you know tweet at us, uh, follow us on social media Twitter, Instagram, at Original Remake. Hey,
1: calm, I hey, Command calling. Fresh, you a one one I mean, hey, Frank, you're hogging all my seconds. What do you want from me? I got Modeman calling me from all over the line. Well, tell him to shat after and get off the air and eat some more lines up from here. Boy, well, I never thought I'd see three. the day when talking to murderers took priority over running a railroad. Get you know off it, will you, Frank? My only priority is saving the lives of these passengers. Screw the goddamn passengers. What the hell they expect for that lousy 35 cents? to live forever? Oh,
0: you're yeah, beautiful.